1: Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money. And also, hopefully, develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here
2: is Franco and Marissa. Welcome to Conversations to Money. With Money. Oh, with Money. That's Conversa- right. Not to Money. <laughs> conversations with Money. I'm we're your host. talking
3: at the dollar bills. <laughs> yes.
2: And I've had many conversations with money.
3: As have I. I'm your host,
2: Franco Calgery. And
3: I'm your host, Marissa Zablinski. Welcome
2: to our show. We are going... We're, we're, our fifth month in, of... Of uh, hosting the show here, yeah, it's
3: kind of exciting. It
2: is, and here we are in the summer months in in town. Here we do live in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, beautiful British Columbia in Canada,
3: and we're getting lucky on the summer too. It's
2: been incredible.
3: Although it's interesting. I was actually thinking about, speaking about money, I was actually thinking on the weekend about, I bet you in the summer months we spend more? when, we, yeah, when we spend more, especially when the weather's like this. I've had June's here since I moved out here uh, 10 years ago. That have been wet. That have been wet and cold and you more high and after work you sort of just go home. Right now every patio's full, uh, you know, the touristy type things are all full, I I would imagine that a lot of the activities and restaurants and touristy uh, type of things that go on in Vancouver, which is a lot because we're so based around outdoors activities, have probably a lot more revenue when the weather is like this and sunshine.
2: I think that's a fact. And and it's funny that you say that because for some reason last week, I've been having an urge just to spend money.
3: Oh, I've been having urges to sit on patios too. <laughs> which costs is money. that? So it's like the I weather. Know. I think it just. I think it's linked or something. When I was a kid, my birthday's in July, and I loved like the, the my I was always wanting the weather to be nice because I wanted to have like an outdoor pool party type party and a birthday party, and so I, I have that very like good celebration summer outside party yeah, link so in my head. Feels so good, uh, and I see all these people on the patios, and I'm. Like I've seen people sitting on patios that I know are on a budget that are not sticking to it because the <laughs> weather is nicer than it usually is.
2: Okay. Well this episode is not to call those people out. No, I'm not and gonna mention if anyone's you're one name. Of them, okay, so <laughs> yeah. the the show today, we're gonna be talking about babies tweens and teens.
3: Babies, tweens, and teens. You mentioned this idea to me, and I actually didn't know what a tween was, and I mentioned it to two people that were like, a who? And I said, a "A tween. And they were like, what's a tween? The way you did that sounded like Dr. Seuss. (laughs) And I said you would explain it. so
2: I would explain it. So here we are. Tell me, Franco. What's a tween? Right now. What's a tween? If you don't know what a tween is. A tween is not a baby Mm -hmm. or a toddler. Okay. A toddler can be up to the age of four or five, but they're not a teenager yet.
3: Okay. Routine, okay.
2: And so they're in they're in that in phase between, in what, between. Six and 13? So so between five and six to 12, 13.
3: Is it is, is a, tween. a tween? Huh. So you so have that one area, of those at home. You have two of those. I there?
2: have two. Okay. One that just
3: entered into tween time.
2: That's right. Their birthday's next week, which he reminds us uh, has been reminding us. And He's turning six. Turning six, and so we do have two. We have a toddler, and we have two tweens and that age there is quite an important one but you know today we're not going to be talking about that and we're not going to be talking about that no, age no no i
3: was just wondering specifically what a tween was well that's a
2: tween does that so make sense
3: yeah so that's why you knew what it was you have yeah. two tweens
2: and if you don't a quick google search right yeah good old google google or if you have an iphone you're with apple Apple uh, Actually how do you, how do you do a search on Apple?
3: You just go through Safari or Google or yeah don't you worry they're still just as competent as oh, really? your SmartSong, SmartSong, SmartSong. smart Samsung, <laughs> smart Samsung <laughs> smart <laughs> I said a smart song. I was going to say Samsung smartphone, and I made it one. Embarrassing. Okay, so today oh, we're talking so about babies, the babies, tweens, tweens and, and teens. teens, and money. Well,
2: what we're going to be looking at and exploring and be discussing is the, the, the cycle. Because to raise a child, Marissa, did you know to raise a child from birth to age 18 cost two hundred and forty five thousand dollars. Again, do, yeah. a lot of research is budget every single year. You do now?
3: I do now. I but didn't I know that before before looking into this, you know, topic and doing diving into some research for today's discussion. So when I
2: told you that fact, mm-hmm. what was your reaction? Two hundred and
3: forty five thousand? Um, now
2: just think of it. So if you have two kids, that's about five hundred thousand. You have three kids, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. And that's the average. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So a quick calculation: if you earn eighty thousand dollars a year,
3: yeah, I don't even. years. How,
2: how, how much is that?
3: It makes me wonder. You know what? It actually makes me wonder. It makes me wonder about here. all of those.
2: Okay, I'm just gonna say sorry to interrupt no, you, go but for it. it's one million four hundred forty thousand. So if you have three kids, you take away 750000 from that, you're left with 690000 We no. haven't even talked about
3: living, food, living, taxes. Living and saving for retirement. That's right. So, yeah, what makes me wonder, okay, so my initial head when you ask me, uh, what do I think when you say that, is I think about all of those people that are in, you know, single income, uh, not blue collar, but just like, you know, your your average income, Um And I don't need like, say, let's just say an average income, $60,000 after tax. Uh, Yeah. So let's just say average income about $60,000. What, how do those people pay for every once in a while? You see people with like four or five kids. Uh, How do they pay for it? Which
2: just seems to be a trend. I'm noticing a lot more people are having more than, than two kids. Yeah. We're in the 80s and 90s that, you know, two kids is what seems to be the norm. And that even one child. But now I'm starting to see a lot more people having three kids.
3: Yeah, I also see a lot more people having two kids close together. I bumped into uh, somebody this morning, actually, that I hadn't seen in seven years. And she has since gone married and had two children. And they're uh, 15, just 15 months apart. And my sister and I were talking about it because my sister and I are 15 months apart. And for a long time, I didn't meet. A lot of people who are within that same, her and her sister, this this woman, the mother, uh, her and her sister are within the same grade. They're 11 months apart can you imagine two months later you have another child? But we were talking about it, and she was like, in some ways it seems a lot easier financially and to just take the hit, you know, take two years off work and then get right back into it if you can, and then they get to do a lot of stuff together. It seems as if she thought it was uh, lower cost because you can share a lot of the things. Uh, You get to experience a lot of the transitional pieces together, you know, because there's obviously a lot of expenses that come as each one. It would be amazing if you had... What about twins? Well, want- okay,
2: so so just what you're just saying there before we get into twins there. So if we take that number 245,000 per child and it's $500,000, that means per year you're spending $27,222. That's
3: I mean and this is again now, an average and, obviously.
2: And, and if you have um, two girls that are around the same age would, there, then you pass down clothes. So I mean, I'm sure that you save yeah. a lot of money. Actually, we have three boys. We have saved so much money on passing down. We have worn the clothes out, like there the the shoes that um, even actually our youngest. Because it's, it's, it's interesting uh, up till age one, those shoes that you buy. I, if, look, if I was, if I can give advice to, to parents. This, this show is not about that. Give me advice to parents yeah. on how to raise kids, but I wouldn't even buy shoes. Yeah. They look so cute. And yeah, you know what? You get caught into the moment and it's like, oh, they look so amazing. They look so cute the, wearing those shoes. Chesery's wearing shoes yeah. that we bought from Mateo, or Mateo got as a gift, our oldest, mm-hmm. that have been passed down to our second and then a third, that still look brand new. Yeah right it's not until they actually you start walking you know I ready? remember
3: seeing this when Sarah when one of my girlfriends got a bunch of shoes as gifts and, and somebody else was saying who had two children like the shoes are such so silly because you don't it's really put them money. on you don't. there's certain things that I'm realizing now after my sister having the baby too I remember I got her like I think I even showed you a little baby gap for, for like three to six months, jean jacket. It's so tiny and cute. Uh, but I have the matching one. I was like, oh I my got, God, i cute got, will I be, got suckered in right? and but I bought yeah.
2: jean jacket too. and yeah. I'm aware of it. you and, and grow so fast. I was like,
3: there's no way she's ever, how how not practical is yeah. that? And it's funny because I wear, I have these wool slippers. I love them. Right, They're Because these-
2: they, you want or to match you. kind of yeah you want to go and out. There these, oh, they're so these yeah <laughs>
3: this is my niece. we're wearing matching <laughs> outfits they're these little wool slippers that uh, they have at like Whole Foods and all the stores that Chris got me that I love I literally as soon as I get home I take off my shoes and I put on my wool slippers they're those ones that with the the like cozy were full uh, wool inside, and they're all knitted. Anyways, I'm in love with them, and they have them in baby sizes. And so I recently was at a baby shower where there were some kids there, and they were all wearing these slippers. And so I went to the store afterwards to see if I could get them for my niece, and I think they were like forty dollars or something for these little slippers that. And I was like, "Really? Are these practical? Were the kids just wearing it because it was a baby shower, and the moms probably knew there was two, two of these given at the baby shower?" It's funny. Allie actually got two pairs of them. I was like, "Did you get them yet?" Because I wanted to get her a pair, and she's like, "I have two pairs."
2: I gotta tell you, the babies the, won't wear the, the best shoes to buy toddlers or babies mm-hmm. are those those mm-hmm. shoes uh, made by a company called Robbies? Uh
3: huh. Robbies. I'm writing this down. I'm telling you, they're the best. Yeah.
2: They are, they are leather-made. They actually were started by a single mother, Elton Burnaby.
3: Okay. And
2: she took a business course. No way. And through that, it's, be, you can, it's a global company now. Huh. Incredible. Burnaby is a local yeah. place here in Vancouver. Uh, for listeners that are wondering where's Burnaby. <laughs>
3: I love that. I like I the idea you, of supporting Robbie's, those types of places. They're
2: expensive, like $30. But made of leather, and they don't smell. They yeah. actually don't start to smell. They actually keep the feet dry. The best shoes... That I would I would tell any parent to get. There's knockoffs. Don't get them. They actually smell.
3: I feel like I feel like, I feel like if I were to have show, babies, Chris, it, Chris is all about no shoes, like the minimal. What winter
2: time? You got no shoes. I
3: know. I, I could picture the child running around without shoes. For, we'd probably save a lot of money. Seriously. Hey,
2: you know what? Oh. All for it, totally get it. <laughs> but as you become a parent, you start to okay, okay. You know what? You don't want your kids running on the street with no shoes. But what are your
3: thoughts on like? What about private school? And like, we haven't. Are really are getting talked- off topic here. No, I want to keep talking about expenses that are associated with children, and then we can go back to sort okay. of going into why we're talking about this. Obviously, but I think there's a lot of the obvious costs. Which is, you know, when you think about that 245000 that we're talking about, the raising the child from birth to age 18, that's based on the obvious uh, costs associated with it. That's assuming, on average, a public school. It's not assuming, what if you wanted to put your child through private school? What if you wanted mm-hmm. to put your child through, you know, music school, something like creative, something. You go, last night you were at baseball, right? You have baseball, what, two, three times a week? Three times. Three times. How many hours each practice? Two hours. And that's one child.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you have soccer. Soccer. How many times a week?
2: Well, right now, the season's not on, but I actually still continue to hold practice because I am a coach mm-hmm. and coach actually both of the boys' teams. Uh, but once a week, three hours. And then once regular season starts up, it's uh, basically three days.
3: How many hours each time? An hour. An hour.
2: But then there's the the pre setup, and then, you know, being the coach, and I love soccer. And you know, now was also they afterwards. tried
3: hockey too, didn't they?
2: Yeah, our oldest one uh, tried it last year, but um, fortunately, he didn't like it.
3: And how much did That's it cost?
2: Really so,
3: how much did it cost just to have him try one season?
2: Well, I, well, he didn't play in the season. He actually did some some um, special uh, training. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a specific training camp mm-hmm. on skating. Power skating mm-hmm. and it was three hundred dollars for four months, once once a week. Yeah. So so if if you factor in the cost and and I, I shared this with you, there are certain things that I I don't really put too much thought in, on the cost, where I will I will spend the money because I want them to have an experience or or also to to really get into it, cause I enjoy it myself like mm-hmm. soccer. I don't even really think about costs. Like I actually just on the weekend. I attended a three-day coaches conference. Mm-hmm. I loved it. One of the best things I've done. And for me, if the kids say I want to play soccer every day, and if they want to uh, go to another country to, to practice and to experience that, I, I would have. I wouldn't even have. To, I would find a way to make it happen.
3: So, to you, the value of sports and extracurricular activity and active anything active seems oh, to it could be, be it could be
2: acting it could be it could be art mm-hmm. i put them in art classes which cost uh, 400 Do
3: they like it
2: oh yeah especially our middle one really he loves he loves art like he he can see things in a way that it's actually quite beautiful to watch it's, it's really nice to see how he can I'm express himself he express himself through art and you can just see he he, he can he can just sit for hours by himself. And do just you pray. do you
3: think they have any idea what the costs are as children? Do you no. think they know? Uh,
2: what what have I did two years wife ago. Have you
3: ever spoken about it in front of them?
2: So two years ago, mm-hmm. what I had the oldest do is to get a paper route, and he made I think it was like three cents per paper that was delivered. It's a local community paper, mm-hmm. and he did for three months, and each each time that he delivered, it was like five dollars that he made for like delivering ninety four papers. But it was like two hours. In <laughs> two hours of my, my wife and I going out, too. There's sometimes that we have to finish off certain blocks.
3: That's hilarious. So you can see my wife and I. I would have died if I saw you delivering paper. So,
2: hi. <laughs> I'm an advisor by day, but paper delivery by night. It was. <laughs> oh, but, but through that, what I want to accomplish is I want to, to the oldest especially, uh, and he was five years old, at, no, six years old, five, turning six, is to, for him to understand the concept of, I did this much work to earn this. Right. And one time we were watching a, a soccer game. We went out, watched a local Whitecaps soccer uh, team, and he wanted a hot dog. And he asked, he asked, how much was this? And I said to him-
3: How old was he when he asked
2: that? Six. Okay. And, I, and it was like eight months later. And I, and I told him that, do you remember delivering the papers? How long it took? He said, yeah, it was, it was very long, very tiring. I said, "Well, you earned five dollars. It costs the same for this hot dog. So, what you eat in five minutes, you had to work
3: wow, two hours." Wow, that's a good. And you can see a,
2: he actually.
3: You think you really he really understood paused. it? Uh-huh. Oh, he paused,
2: and and he actually contemplated, thought about it, mm-hmm. and he didn't. And you can see after that, he didn't ask for those type of things. You know, still, you mm-hmm. know, he'll ask for certain things, but I'll bring that up. And I don't do it in a negative way. I'm doing it in a way to teach him how to evaluate the cost of something
3: mm-hmm.
2: to how to earn it, you know, for him, that that's what he could associate. Right. And so, you know, it was a lot of work, a lot of demanding time between my wife and I deliver those papers. But the lesson with that, I think it was oh, well worth it. Uh,
3: totally. So I, as
2: parents, because st- what we could have done, we could have uh, just forget about that. That's going to take up too much time. It's like with sports too. I see the value of of life skills that you can develop out of sports.
3: Right. And also,
2: what's the alternative? They're going to be, they're going to ask for play on my phone. They're going to be asking to play Wii video or. Video
3: games or whatever. Or to be yeah. doing
2: something that's different, right? Yeah,
3: I think it's probably a matter of, and I think this is an important thing, which we'll obviously talk about as we go through the show in greater detail, but, you know, figuring out, there's a financial responsibility and a financial commitment when you decide to have a child and depending on how you want to raise that child and what you want them involved in, you can go so far as having five nights of the week booked with sports and extracurricular. But we haven't talked about the value
2: of time. Right. You know, the time R- to take right, right, away. Right.
3: Well, that's what I was thinking in my head as you're talking I'm thinking 10 hours a week on baseball, and I'm thinking what the hour, your hourly rate is, or no, nine hours a week, three hours, three times, nine, and I was doing the calculation of the hourly rate on top of the, whatever, $300, whatever it might be, so, yeah, there's a huge financial exchange there, but there's, you know, I think it's a matter of looking at what's important to you and what's important to you in raising your child and then making sure that they understand the value. There's also, you see situations all the time where it's a value to the parent, but it's not a value to the child. And then it's it's not fully understood and the parent doesn't understand why the child isn't appreciating it, but it was never their thing. It might have been the parent's thing. So I know we got to go into a break, but I'm excited to talk about more the financial responsibility that we take on as parents and also how you can transition through How you can transition through raising a child in a way that fits your budget? What are things that you can do so that you can have a child, even if you're not? I hear people a lot of times, when I make it to this point, then I'll be financially prepared to have a child. When I make hit this income or have this amount of savings. And I always want to say, like, you're never going to hit that point. You're never going to be financially ready. So it's a matter of, here's where I am today. How do I make it work? How can I make this as easy as possible for myself to have a child, raise a child, get them doing the things that they enjoy, you know, make it okay for me and not feel like I have no money and I can't, you know, sit on that patio when it's sunny out. So how can you get the best of all of the worlds and create, you know, your financial freedom within raising a child and raising a family?
2: Okay. So let's go into a break and then uh, Continue we'll discuss this on the other side. <music>
0: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back.
2: Uh, Today, we're talking about babies, tweens, and teens.
3: And how to deal with the process of raising a child financially. Question for you, Franco. I was just thinking about, how did you decide, like, did you and your wife ever sit down and say, this is the amount we're going to put aside based on our income and based on our budget, that we're going to put aside for sports and for extracurricular per child? Did you ever do that process? Or was it just? No. No,
2: no, no. The way that we make those type of decisions is in the budget that we have, uh, we actually here in, in our capital core, we create a budget uh, a sheet um and and what it does it tracks all the expenses and so we have used that um, uh, for people that have been tuning in on a regular basis. they know that my wife and I once a week input our numbers talk about our our uh, budget and our spending. so what we did and what we have there's a section a tab called daily living. Mm-hmm. So that daily living tab gets used a lot. Mm-hmm. That's been our experience. A lot of people live their life in that area there or fun. day living, and there's a a, a session within daily living uh, that's titled Dependence. And so Dependence in there, we actually put the, all the, the costs associated with with sports and clothes, clothes and all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. gifts. And it has a percentage. So the way I like to look at budgeting is Every category, we spend no more than 10%. That, to okay. me, mentally, is is a safe zone. So if we're spending more in one area... How many categories, area, on
3: average, do you have spending within?
2: So within daily living, I try to keep it below 35%, So And that of,
3: includes...
2: Well, daily living, there's food, there's clothing, personal care, uh, health care, okay. automobile, gifts, okay. so gifts to family, friends, weddings, etc., uh, and also home, so spending on home, upgrades, uh, TV, Netflix, uh, maintenance, those type of costs. Okay. So within each of those categories um, or subcategories within daily living, I, I like to keep them within 10%. And if, if any one of them, so I'm answering your question in a very indirect way.
3: Yeah, no, so, it's leading well, yeah, into what it. I think is something that's important to talk about, which is the idea of knowing your numbers with budgeting,
2: which we talked oh, about. Oh, we in know our, our numbers, episode. right? So, so I'm comfortable with spending the money,
3: right? So, if someone pitched you on, let's get Jonas in a martial arts class. It's going to cost you. Oh, by the
2: way, yeah, Mateo actually is in martial arts too. So oh, okay. That's, that's three I times a week. I didn't even know that. I was just that's throwing also, another one in. Yeah. So.
3: Really, what kind of martial arts? Karate. Ah
2: it's funny how you went ah oh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay so so if somebody said to you someone pitched you let's just say uh, you know uh, let's get him into karate for $500 a month mm-hmm. would you know right off the bat okay that doesn't or that does or that doesn't fit within our budget given this this and this
2: yeah it's interesting when you brought that up like i law oh $500 yeah what <laughs> The process I would go through, and actually, I would consider that to be very expensive. So, what the process I would go through? That I made that is, number up.
3: I have no clue. No, but if it
2: was like yeah. actually, because I I can imagine nowadays there's so many companies that are now catering mm-hmm. to to kids' activities. As, actually at the coaches clinic or coaches conference I went to, there's a company and they had set themselves up on the side at the you know the um, the place was at Fortia Center. Yeah. So. If you live in Vancouver, you know what this place is. It's a nonprofit organization supporting the well-being and pursuit of, of athletes mm-hmm. in town. So they have this company called um, Quick Feet.
3: Okay. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, it, I know those
2: Octanol. Yeah, so basically, it's for for soccer and to be very quick on on. It says there's a okay eight four two. So you have to kick it to that specific number mm-hmm. and the times how quickly mm-hmm. that you do that. It's, that That thing is is expensive, but th- there are people, parents that are bringing their kids to actually go and try to improve their skills right now scientifically is, is it is it helping? There's no proof yet, and I'm not picking on this company. I think it's great Totally, if anything yeah. helps right but even in this place the center, they, they, they actually advertise if you have a six year old to do physical assessments Wow. Parents will do anything yeah. to make sure their kids can succeed in a specific area. I think there's balance yeah, in it. it's
3: funny. It's funny. I'm so curious as to, like, which parents, you know, why. I'm going to be very different than my parents, and I'm not saying that. I'm not throwing my parents under the bus by any means. They did what they did, and, I, you know, I'm grateful for everything they did do. But my mom was not very encouraged. Like, it, athletic uh, activities was not a priority, There was an educ a huge piece on the educational, you know, understanding I had three languages I spoke fluently. It was there was a big part was was, yeah, the the schooling. But the sports, I didn't have any growing up. It's funny, people are like, What did you play as a kid? I'm like, nothing. And I remember trying to get into something because everyone was doing gymnastics and dance and I got excited and I did it a little bit and I loved it and and then very quickly, I remember hearing at home, and I always think about this when I hear her parents speak about the financial obligations that they've taken on in front of their children. I'm always, you know, wary to me. I want them to watch their language because I remember I linked when I was younger hearing my mom, in you know, not so favorably speaking about the financial obligation that she had taken on by this activity. And kind, of, I'm, She's never listened to an episode, so I'm hoping she doesn't start today. But I remember her being like, oh, I paid all this money for you to do like And hearing her scream and be so upset about the money she spent on it, and in that moment, right in that moment, I linked that, and I never went back, and I never wanted to do a sport, and I never wanted to do anything that would cost money because I had it linked with this horrible state that she was in, and I didn't want to upset her and make her spend the money on that. For her, spending money on different things was a higher value to her. Because she wasn't, you know, crazy physically active. She was healthy, but that wasn't her priority. She had different. She had a different value system than what I was getting into as a child. So that's why I asked, you know, what it was for you, what it was for the children, and how do you decide?
2: Well, I, and I'm sorry to hear that. No, no, you no, know, it's great. Like, I found that, my it, way as
3: an adult, and I figured sure. out what matters to me.
2: But, but what I've seen, observed, being a coach, yeah, and also experiencing myself, I find that because of that, and I think we're what you're leading towards and I've seen it many times mm-hmm. is that then you actually go off on the deep end and then you actually do you go into this mode of you will spend and do whatever it takes for mm-hmm. them to have these great positive experiences mm-hmm. and I have seen actually parents- oh you think
3: that's what I'm going to do when I have a child you mean
2: This is the language I'm hearing from you.
3: Oh, no, I think I would just be I would be very cognizant not to talk about the financial, any financial stresses that my children in the future, that future children cause me or that I choose. If I choose to feel financially stressed based on and I try to blame it on a child, I would be very aware and conscious of it and not use any language around my child because I think they pick it up. Yeah. Even as, you know, I saw Ali and I was talking about something um, well because as parents you are night, choosing and and she was like the baby can hear you like she's yeah. due on friday and you know the baby can hear you and i was like oh wait we need to watch everything we say and it's it's well, as I, I think that okay. there's a little extreme anyway, okay. you know but i
2: get i get that don't negatively
3: right? speak about money while the baby's in the belly <laughs>
2: you know i think i think there's there, there's actually that's very valid and absolutely we, we we are choosing to spend money so we shouldn't create this negative association and blaming right. the kids that that they're getting us to spend money on things because right? Right. we're choosing as parents to say yes, yeah, so I'm going to spend money on it. So before you do, <clears throat> and I think it's wrong if mm-hmm. any parent ever blames a child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfortunate. I mean, I yeah, I, I, and I, remember I, I my wanted parents to say too. she wasn't
3: blaming. No, no, no. She but, just was financially stressed and, and. But to
2: use those type of words, I mean, yeah. you took it in a way. Yeah, that and wasn't I mean, positive. I don't even
3: like maybe I wasn't even supposed to hear the conversation but it was said in a way that I did hear it still
2: I mean as parents I mean it's it's. but
3: you hear it all the time I hear people in the grocery store I hear people you know and I wonder about the temper tantrums that we all have which is what causes I think it's like 80% of children regularly throw temper tantrums and successfully get what they wanted To I threw a temper tantrum for a cabbage patch doll at four years old and Mm -hmm. I still get reminded of this it was like Kmart on the floor arms crossed Marissa throwing a full blown temper tantrum until I got my cabbage but guess what? I got my cabbage patch doll. And at that point, I decided that I could get what I wanted if I screamed and stomped my feet and crossed my arms loud enough. And so why are you looking at me like that? I'm not going to have a temper tantrum. I'm now 35 years old. I won't. Don't worry. But the point is, is that a lot of us as parents, and I'm not a parent, so I can't say for sure, but I think there are a lot of people that are, you know, indulging or enabling the temper tantrums by giving what they want when they cry. And I, I think it's probably... I imagine as a parent, I'll probably struggle with it too because I want to do it. They're crying. You know it's a thing that will stop them from crying. Mm-hmm. How, how do okay, you not? Okay, stop right
2: there, if I can stop right there. Yeah, because yeah. what you just said there, that to get them, stop crying. I think that that right there is, as parents, it's our responsibility to really assess and, and to step back and think about. And in the moment, it's very difficult to do. But it's something I've had to work hard and train myself.
3: To not indulge. To not yeah. indulge
2: and to really... And really look at what am I, what am I feeding, what am I supporting here?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, my wife and I, we don't give in. Well, every once in a while, it could be like candy or something. Um, but if it's something that, if they start, we quickly we leave, and we get them to understand. Talk to them, and actually get them to understand what they were doing. And actually, with cameras now, this may sound really cruel, and some parents will be like, "What the?" That's just psychotic. What, you can but watch
3: them stop crying as soon as you leave. Film, film yeah. them and play it yeah. back
2: to them. Yeah. And go, there you go. This is what you look like. Yeah, there
3: was a, somebody filmed a child. It was funny. I saw it on the internet. I always think about it where the baby was crying and he was crawling. And then he crawled over to the mom and looked at the mom in the face and started crying, crying, crying. crying and the mom just moved, ignored it. And then the baby, you see the baby stop, pause, stop crying. Chase the mom back. Look at the mom start bawling, bawling, but crying, crying. And, and then mom moves, doesn't give it attention, and just keeps crying and crying. And then finally, the mom walks away, and the kid just sits up and it's like meh. And it's probably a one year old, and just stops and is fine and goes back to playing. But it just wanted attention. It wanted something. And I think, I fine. think that yeah. by giving into that in terms of financially pro- buying something, that's where we become problematic. That's where the how does how can you have a child and and keep your finances responsible under control indulging that is where the bad behavior or the behavior that's not so responsible starts because then it becomes okay now I want a couch special what's next then I want this and I want this and I want this and then you're in this forever perpetuating only way to solve it is to keep buying and spending
2: well, that's where the term terminology affluenza
3: oh yes really comes in yeah
2: and that's where a generation or or even kids in general that uh, got everything that they 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 ever asked for or went to tantrums and parents gave it to them. And affluenza, it's a new terminology that that it, it's where the kids are spoiled. That the, it's concept the adult's of, temper
3: tantrum. Yeah.
2: The concept of not getting what they want mm-hmm. is, uh, is devastating to them.
3: So how do we not do this? How do we, I mean, I haven't had children, but I'd like to have children. You know, even as talking to me as somebody who wants to prepare for it or talking to you know, people who are new parents. What are things that we can do to, you know, from your experience, you have three children, so that is a, a fair amount of experience that you can help me with and help, you know, the listeners and people with is how can we prepare for it? How can we, you know, if we are an average income person, if we aren't somebody that's, I'm finally financially ready to have my children because nobody ever are. is, right? It's, so, like, it's
2: like reading, or when they made the comment, uh, you know, catch up on your sleep now. How, how, wait,
3: you can't. yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, what am I going to store it somewhere in my body? I always,
3: I always laugh at that. So, what do I do? What can I do now? Uh, you know, with what are what things it, that what I
2: can what do? What we, what we talked about uh, on the show is taking that responsibility for ourselves and really looking at what do we want to to experience out of this having kids. You know, what what is it that we want? You know, to to raise a child. Um, it's it's I I've come to learn, and the way I view it now is it's my responsibility to raise them up to be decent human beings mm-hmm. in in society, mm-hmm. and all these other things such as sports and and uh, you talk about private school or or doing some extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually it's not uh, a right,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's not an obligation that I have to do just because everyone else does it. I've seen I, look kids classmates where the whole class was invited to a birthday party. Whole class, right? Which is great. It's fun. Really expensive. I can only imagine. Right. Like birthday parties, the norm, the average. I'm sure listeners can call in and send us messages of how much that they spent or other people spent. Before $500, and that's Canadian.
3: Mm-hmm. Can
2: you imagine that, Marissa? For the $500. For her birthday.
3: That's a lot of money. That's a minimum. I, I would even say I've seen crazy parties. Oh, cra- I've seen parties where I've seen they,
2: where, yeah. you know, those, uh, those instant photo yeah, booths that were set up. Yeah, and those
3: set up. Yeah. I've seen the TV shows 000. of like the Sweet 16 oh, where it's yeah. hundreds of thousands on them. So, I mean, I think the idea is you can go as far as. Uh, that's a tough so thing. You you, to, so you need to.
2: So just go back. You need to plan. You Well, not plan. You need to understand yourself. Yeah. What are your values? Yeah. What is it that you want to teach this little human being? Because this little human being you're responsible for mm-hmm. and how they grow up in terms of what they learn. They model you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Kids model you. So what is it that you want to, to show them, represent to them?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So by giving into each of their indulgences, Indulgences, or even what their their friends are doing. My kid, my oldest. Uh, you know, we have a Wii at home.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Some of the classmates have PlayStation. They have Xbox and Wii. Wow. And my son sometimes goes, "How come we don't have all those?" What do you say? First response is, "What's the point?" Right. Can I? Can you play all of them at once? And I and actually, what I've been teaching him is when I leave the home. Where do you think I go? And you can see you know a little little mind working. And, and and I go, I go to work. I actually go so I can I can earn money. I can make money. Right. So I can come home. And so when when I do that, my most important thing for, for, for me to you is to make sure you guys can eat. And you know when we go out to go see a soccer game, or if you want a hot dog, do you remember when you went to go deliver papers? Puppy, you know, they call me you puppy.
3: You call
2: puppy? <laughs> you know, I do the same thing. I go and to, to do that so we can have these things here. Yeah, I
3: think that's an important point, which I'm excited to talk more about, is how to teach value, the value of money to your children and what money represents in terms of earning and how it is a tool. You
2: well, know? Uh, actually, remember a couple of episodes ago, I said that I was going to help open up a, a trading account yep. for my oldest? Yeah. Well, we did. Okay. We went to the bank. And uh, my son was there and, and it was quite cute because halfway through, he's like, this is boring. <laughs> he was just filling out paperwork.
3: Was he filling it out or you were filling it out?
2: I was filling it out. Right. And so he, he didn't really have much to do. And, but it was, it was quite cute because you could just see that he was looking around and he's watching. And, and he said, and, and he actually asked me, he goes, puppy, is this what you do? Aw. I said to him, yeah, you know, I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he goes oh
3: and we don't like filling out forms
2: <laughs> and so no we hired people to do that I know but but it, it was with, you know through that I actually the people at the bank were, were actually shocked they kept they kept asking me why am I doing this
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I said to them I, th- I think we don't give kids enough opportunity to learn and we think that age has to do with learning mm-hmm. that trading money or learning how to buy stocks or investments, it's all of a sudden at a certain age, you get it. Yeah, I don't believe that. I believe that we don't give kids enough credit to actually experience and to learn things and and, and let them fail. Let them experience it. And if he does nothing with it, um, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But at least I want to give the opportunity to learn those things. And I think that's what we can be doing. I think we're hurting kids, our kids, by not giving them the opportunity to be able to Experience these type of things that we think are only for adults once you has surname.
3: So, I know we got to go on to a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the, that. I would say is tip number one helping your kids learn the value of money and what it means and how it can be used. So, even creating that connection between the earning of it, the paper route, all those hours, and those hours represent one hot dog. Or whatever it might be. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to it on the other side after the break, and we'll continue on the tips of how to help your children understand money and how to transition through raising a child financially responsible. I would say. All right.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: To Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipilinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome
2: back, uh, Mercer. Let's get right into, I our, get our right last into it. I want to get right into that one segment. Yeah, left. and I want to make sure that hey, we. Uh, I want to we we'll hit say. on a
3: point that I was thinking about on the break. Sure. here. you were talking about the importance of teaching the value. I would, I would like to add in that our responsibility as parents and something that I need to even like we all need to keep working on to teach the value. You need to understand the value yourself. And I think you know we sit across from people all the time that have a skewed meaning and emotional meaning and value system, uh, how they approach money. So until, you know, if you want to have children, I think one of the things that I would highly, highly recommend – any type, you know, working with, we've both gone through personal development work, personal development work, working with a coach, looking at your own meaning and issues around money before you try to teach it to another child. Because chances are, if you don't, you will pass on your patterns and potentially your not-so-responsible behavior. Possibly,
2: money. I would say, guarantee that you'll pass oh, yeah, on. Yeah,
3: for sure. I'm just trying to sound like, I mean, I don't know, and I'm not even there yet. So I'm not saying, you know, I think we all have a, t- a lot of work to do, but I think if you were talking about the importance of, you know, explaining the value, teaching the value, I think that it's an important point to note that we need to we need to do that work ourselves before we can expect the children to do Absolutely.
2: it. Absolutely, and 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 uh, as a parent, and, I, and and you know, I'm going to talk to all the parents out there. I know what it's like uh, when when uh, you're big. Busy, or or you still haven't finished work um, um, that you still need to respond to emails, and, and, and your child is asking you questions about uh, <laughs> about things, and mm-hmm. uh, and and you know you don't have the patience to to take that time and to really fully explain, you know mm-hmm. those questions that they're asking you. But to them, life is so you know so full of wonder, and, and I, I and I'll say that what I've learned, and I want to reach out to the parents is just saying take the time, put the phone away. Really take the time because what you're teaching them, you're modeling them, uh, or they're modeling you with with what you are doing. Because I remember uh, our oldest was four years old, and and he sat down at at my wife's laptop and had this this toy plastic cell phone, and uh, and he had the mouse, and he and he we asked him questions. He's like, "No, hold on, I'm busy, I'm working." I'm like, "As cute as that sounds, yeah, but I was that." <sighs> that was one of those moments that I had to pause and go, "What am I modeling? What oh, am I wow. teaching?" Yeah. And so, so with that, with money,
3: and if I can add to that, yeah, I can. If I can add to that, there's also the husband and wife or the partners or the you know the parents need to be. There needs to be a cohesiveness on that. There needs to be a connection and a discussion and a communication prior to trying to train or teach. Train, you know. Ex- uh, tr- before passing that information on to the children the parents need to be on the same page so and I think we see that all the time where you know people try to address it separately like I have got my money staff and he's got his money staff or vice versa they they need to meet in the on the same page Marissa. and absolutely. have that discussion so as parents if you're mm-hmm. looking to have children or if you're starting to have children have that discussion with your partner before you have the discussion and you start to show your behaviors to your children because they need to see that you're on the same page That's, I remember absolutely. listening to fights and a lot of the times that comes up in meetings if you have memories of their parents fighting about money. So they create this link with money being bad because it was a, a discussion point in fights. So I think we need to you know, make the commitment to not be fighting about things like money. If we're going to raise children, they're going to be in the same house, they're going to hear everything we say. So I think that's that's another tip that I want to really strengthen is as the partners raising the children, they need to be on the same page. There has to be a cohesiveness. There has to be an agreement on how we are going to teach the children about money.
2: Do you agree? I 100% agree. It's when, when, well, you asked, okay, so, so we're talking about tip number one. uh, I would include that. Right. um, Where discussing with your partner, your spouse. So before you have kids, get on the same page, really work together on, on looking at what money means to each of you, what, what you want to teach to your kids, what you want them to model, and what you want them to, to, to take away from from what you're trying to teach them as they become adults. <clears throat> because if you're on the same page, your message will be that much more clear and that will reduce the chances of fighting or even arguments and, and the message becoming uh, muddled, not clear at all to your child. And so if they can get take that and they can learn it, it allows them to be more clear, and it allows them to internalize it and become better at what it is that you want to teach them.
3: Okay, you know, so because you
2: can actually take this, <clears throat> you can take that 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 number of two hundred forty five thousand dollars, and you can take it negatively. And you can say, "Oh my goodness, that money is taken away from me." I could I could enjoy that two hundred forty five thousand dollars, and that's after tax. Add tax to that. So if you look at it that way, then you may go, well, it's, no, I'm not going to have kids. But I'm telling you, if you look at it in a positive way, going, wow, what can I do with that money?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What can I actually teach the kids? And it may not be $245,000. Right. That's well, just a number. That's right. an average. It may be 100, right. Maybe $100,000. Maybe $150,000. Maybe that's a challenge to you. And going, maybe I'll make it an annoying humor. Yeah. So get the <laughs> <$244, 000. laughs> I said, you a challenge. $244,000. dollars <laughs> i save that $1,000. <laughs> But this is the importance of actually budgeting. And that's right. tip number two. Once you're cohesive, once you are actually together, now start tracking, start understanding the numbers.
3: Yeah, I would I actually, can actually go
2: back. You know, I can go back to um, our very first child with Mateo and actually tell you all the money that we spent. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take on this challenge, I'm going to add everything up.
3: Yeah, uh, and the budgeting actually, is, what see, actually, is, is what gives you the numbers, so That's that right. when somebody presents you that five hundred dollar karate class, that whatever I made up, or the three hundred dollar hockey, you camp, know what the numbers are, or whatever it is. You, you know, I have eight hundred set aside for the next two months for extracurricular for all three children. So is it smart to use five hundred of the eight hundred on one sport for one child? No, but you at least ha- you know your numbers. You but know your talk numbers about this all the time. You know your numbers. And
2: so then that way, if you and your your spouse partner uh, actually are on the same page and know your numbers together, what's the chance of you getting to an argument?
3: Is that something you learned? Yeah, obviously you'd be way more co- cohesive, right. that makes sense. Because is that you know something that you learned and expanded on as you had more children? I mean, I, I see a lot of, of people what? winking what? it, the, winking, winging it.
2: they winking, at, winking
3: each at each other. No, winging it. The, the process in which to make those decisions and, and know your numbers, I think. Well, what's your question? Is it something you got better at as you had more children?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's just like with anything, as as you continue to, to gain more experience mm-hmm. and, and, and to go through life and, and and to go through different situations, you do gain more knowledge, and then mm-hmm. you become better at uh, do you? At
3: do you and your wife ever disagree on one of the expenses that comes up with a child? Long pause. Long pause. Um,
2: well, it's because... <laughs> I can't think, think of, of any. Oh, that's great. Well, because we're on the same page in terms of our numbers and budget. Yeah. And, well, I give you the example of buying the stroller.
3: Yeah.
2: That we had no intention of going and buying. Right. And, you know, it was interesting, actually, just thinking about it. That's why I paused. Uh, our conversation on it was, should we do it? And, actually, the conversation was, it would make our traveling easier.
3: Hmm. Right, which is a higher value, maybe, than the monetary uh well,
2: Let's go back a little mean? bit more, just what you're saying, because we've been working on it for, 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 for so long, right. for so many years, that we don't have to start at the process of, can we afford it? No, we've already been working on our budget numbers for years. Also, our values, which is greater value? Convenience in the travel. Right. So we've already worked on that. So to get to that point, it literally was a ver- like a five-minute question, should we buy it or not?
3: Right. Yeah, Yeah, and and I mean, that goes back to to number one where I was saying work on your personal money issues and get clear on values, your values, and the value of money. Because then when something comes up like the value of easier travel, the value of more comfort in travel, which is, you know, a big big piece for you guys, and you're clear on, okay, this is worth it. You know, I think I value to some degree, I don't know if I'd call it adventure, but just like outdoor and activity and health. Not I think, I do. And so I I know that if there was something that was fitting within that and the child wanted to do it, some sort of outdoor camp or, you know, a family vacation that was something around that.
2: Done, I'll sign up too.
3: Yeah, I would would take that over some fancy schmancy vacation that is obviously like, I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of the, uh, the, all-inclusive type things never worked for me because I'm such a picky eater and I don't drink. So I would go to, I remember going to it and when I was 18 and being like, oh, this was really silly. And then I just never did it again. But, you know, I think people try stuff and figure out what works for them. I now know when I have a child. I feel clear on what is important to me. Uh, but I think. But do you know it's yeah.
2: clear for Chris? Uh,
3: I do. I feel like I do. Yeah. I feel like I do do
2: we'll get him on the show and we'll ask him. yeah
3: i feel like in watching it's funny you know i have my niece too. and he has his nephews and niece and in, in discussions about other children and watching our families have children
2: so you've had this discussion we've had
3: discussions around what's important for sure you know and, and in regards to sports and stuff
2: but i'll tell you this once you're actually in it yeah then it gets challenged
3: yeah i how mean clear
2: that it is and i think going back to the question you asked I think that's the – that you only actually learn what's of value to you, Mm -hmm. what's important to you, until you're in the moment and Mm -hmm. have to make a decision.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I could even – I'm picturing right now. I've actually never thought about this, but I'm picturing it now. I have – let's just say we have a girl, and she wants to do, like, ballet, okay? And ballet kind of makes your toes all pointy and your feet funny. And not that it makes your feet funny, but it shapes them and it structures them. And Chris is all about the minimal flat shoes and letting your feet, you know, be as we were natural and caveman style. And it's better for you ergonomically and physically. And he's all about that stuff. So I could see it being an issue. Like, what if I was like, she wants to do ballet? And I'm like, sure, your ballet is pretty and fun. And I enjoyed it as a child. You know, he says it's not good for the foot. So you got to come up with that stuff beforehand. And Chris, if you're listening, our child is doing
2: ballet. <laughs> 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 it's done.
3: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, so little well, we have things. Two more tips, okay, right? value.
2: Well, so tip number two was. Well, no, actually, sure I broke it down into budget. I broke
3: it down into four tips. I you took okay. I took I made the four pretty much into in, I made the two into four. Number one is working on understanding your personal money stories. Understanding your personal money issues. What you value and the value of money for yourself. This is without children. You could still, you could have children at this point. You could be pregnant. You could be thinking about children. Get clear on your own personal money issues. You know, if it means working with a coach, whatever it might be, get clear on it for you so that you don't bring them into another child's life. Step number two is get on the same page as your partner. With money, So have that discussion and is create that, that cohesiveness. Okay. Have that cohesiveness, create that communication, open it up so that you're very clear. What do you want to relate to your children? How do you want to teach them about money? So that you don't have those fights about, I want to buy my, let's just say my mom wanted to give me the cabbage patch doll in my temper tantrum when I was three years old and my dad said no. Or the ballet or whatever it might be. Step number three is teach that. Now you're teaching the, the value of money, you're giving that to your children, Get, explaining to them, you know, the value of that milk delivery or newspaper delivery was equal to the hot dog. What does that mean? Helping them connect with that themselves. I think that's an amazing idea that I had never thought of. And I think that's great. Step number four is the budgeting. So, budgeting, getting very clear on your numbers, know your numbers so that when that karate pitch, that dance pitch, that whatever that extracurricular sport is, you know what your budget is and you know if it's affordable and you don't go later, oh my God, I didn't have money for this. And then the kid hears you screaming. What else do you want to add to my tips? Our tips. <laughs> those are...
2: No, oh, those, those are your tips <laughs> Those are now. my
3: tips from my experience of three children. No, they're, they're our okay, tips. But uh, I, our I, children? Our... your Oh, Your children.
2: Carrie. So awkward. <laughs> We've adopted We've Marissa <laughs> to, to be another
3: <laughs> She's going home as a pseudo-parent today to teach her.
2: <clears throat> well, well done to close it that way. What did you think? Uh, well, well, you and I worked on it together. Of so course, absolutely. of course. No, but
3: I think that, that encompasses everything that you've shared with me over the years, too, of things that I can help to prepare and things you've well, learned. I'm glad
2: that you were listening.
3: Yeah, I've so been listening the whole time.
2: <laughs> now, we're at a close. It, this, we can continue talking about this. Now, next week, we have a guest. We do, and our guest is
3: Simon Coleman. And I'm what's he very about? excited for this episode. Why is that? We're talking about the Superman effect, uh, which I know was was your title, which I love. It's very much the invincibility. I talked about this with somebody on the weekend. We all think we're invincible. We'll never get sick. We'll never get injured. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need to plan for that. I'm healthy. I, you know, I do this and I do that, and so his story is very much he lived that, and he put mm-hmm. everything he had into the business, and then he got sick. So he's and gonna share a story. he's going to share his story about getting cancer and going through that process of not of not having planned financially to prepare for that because he really he never everything. thought he would get sick. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's something that you and I encounter daily, people believing that they're invincible and not planning right. for things they don't want to consider.
2: Well, look forward to that. I do and as well. Up to that point, thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show today. And if you have got any questions, you can email us at info at dot com. And in the meantime, till next week, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. week.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.